Most would agree that while there are many sides to a story, facts generally tend to speak for themselves. In concept, this appears fairly straightforward. However, the events of El Mozote Massacre and the media controversy that followed exemplify how this age-old truism often becomes incredibly complicated. So, how is it that the events that took place on December 11, 1981, came to be a point of such political contention, required multiple investigations, and were only conclusively and officially verified a decade later in the United Nations Commission on the Truth for El Salvador, published in 1993? Within his book, The Massacre at El Mazote, Mark Danner provides insight on how the details of this egregious event came to be confused within the mind of the American and global public. It must first be acknowledged that beyond any malicious interference on the part of both American and Salvadoran political forces lies the fact that this event occurred in the context of a much larger conflict and took place in a rural region of the country to which third parties have very limited access. However, Danner nonetheless asserts that in addition to these limitations, there were considerable American and Salvadoran interests at stake in the reporting of the massacre. After the guerrillas' initial discovery of the massacre and their subsequent report to their commanders, Roberto, Roberto Coelar, working for the human rights organization of the Archbishop of San Salvador, contacted a number of American officials, including the American ambassador, Dean Hinton. As news spread throughout these channels, the founder of the underground guerrilla radio station, Radio Vencermos, received word that the Atlac Catal Battalion had massacred a thousand peasants in the El Mazote and surrounding areas. Although the station hadn't been able to broadcast in weeks, by December 25th, reporter Santiago was back on the air disseminating news of the murders. This announcement and the station's subsequent propaganda campaign against the Salvadoran army would prove crucial to the public's perception of events in the decades to follow, initiating what Santiago referred to as the information battle to denounce the genocide. Radio Vencermos was a well-known left-wing broadcast station within El Salvador. The channel heavily criticized members of the political right in power and drew the attention of many high-up government and military officials. While the FMLN was calling on the International Red Cross, the OAS Human Rights Commission, and the international press to acknowledge the genocide, Radio Vencermos had found a witness to the massacre, Rufina Amaya, subsequently broadcasting her story across El Salvador. In the wake of this coverage, President Duarte himself made an announcement categorically denying allegations of the government-sanctioned massacre, so beginning the battle to establish the truth of what happened that day. In addition to the obvious interest on the part of the Salvadoran government, days before Duarte's announcement, the Reagan administration had decided to continue support for the Salvadoran government on the condition that they maintained, or at least attempted to maintain, the human rights of its citizens. As such, the American government, in subsequent reports on the alleged massacre, particularly in response to the articles published on the subject in both the New York Times and the Washington Post, tacitly questioned the legitimacy of both Radio Vencermos as well as the first-hand reports heard by reporters Raymond Bonner and Alma Guillermo Prieto. As the director of America's Watch, Aria Nears explains, what the Reagan administration did was embrace the principle of human rights and then conduct warfare over the facts. Accordingly, the truth was only officially recognized over a decade later in the face of indisputable evidence. 
More generally, one must also consider the colonial ideologies that underlie the United States' refusal to acknowledge the victims of not only the El Mazote massacre, but also a dozen other massacres and war crimes that were carried out with American weapons and strategy. To question the events of El Mazote in the face of lists of names, the regions involved, and after hearing eyewitness testimony, is to eradicate the autonomy of victims and effectively remove any hope of reconciliation. Although the El Mazote massacre has now been recognized in the United Nations Truth Commission and subsequently memorialized in El Salvador, there remains countless victims with untold stories of brutality and murder that now, three decades later, will be incredibly painful to relive and recover.